This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry, the Cat's Paws. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. How are you doing? Doing well, Derek. Uh, I didn't get to watch UK Basketball Pro Day live last night. I had something going on. I was a little late getting to the news. I think I watched it at midnight last night. Fell asleep halfway through it. Woke up like 20 minutes later and had to rewind it and go back. Uh, barely made it through it, but I was able to watch it all. Finally went to bed, I think, around 3. And there was a lot to like, Derek. I don't want to put too much stock into a pro day, but there were some good things. And the thing that stands out to me the most every single time I get to watch an event like that is John Calipari is a magnificent basketball mind and unbelievable teacher of the game and just his attention to detail and how he chops all this stuff up into his practices, Derek, that they were literally going through their circle set in segments last night at one point. And that's why these, that's why they're so good every single year. That's why these freshmen kind of, you know, move through so quickly is because the attention to detail on every little thing, it's two hands, every little thing he was hammering home fundamentals. You mean he doesn't just roll the ball out there for everybody? He doesn't, absolutely not. And if there's one person that I could sit and just watch every single practice and every single word and listen to every single word he has to say, it would be him because he hammers home the small details. If they're if they're a fraction off in a middle third ball screen, anything empty ball screen, he is stopping blowing the whistle and fixing it immediately. Yeah, I don't know if he was doing it just because he knew they were on TV. Um I, I felt like he was really pleased, actually, with how their practice went last night. I thought he seemed to be in a pretty good mood. Uh, on the broadcast, when they interviewed him there at the end, he talked a little bit about, you know, not liking everything that he saw or whatever, which you would expect. I mean, you know, for a coach, I'm sure it's never, <clears throat> excuse me, it's never uh, as good as you want it to be. There's always something you can work on. Let me clear my throat. Hold on. Well, I thought it was great, just the whole event, the way that they put it on. Being in, in, in Memorial, it was different. It's usually in the Joe Craft Center, uh, but the, seeing it at Memorial was a was a nice touch. Uh, a lot of guys stood out to me. B.J. Boston, of course, I, I think he's a superstar. Uh, his shot, he's so smooth. Just the, the play that they had in the uh, in the drill there, where they were kind of you know getting a head start there half court, and he just goes and just slams it. You know, just I was like, oh my goodness, I, I didn't see that coming. At all, I don't think anybody on the team saw it coming. Uh, I was impressed with him. I love that Cal split Boston and Clark. 
I think that that's going to make those two better, having to go against one another in practice. And when they're on the same team together, just look out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Boston was probably my biggest takeaway. Is it? I mean, not surprising because I picked them to be the leading scorer this year. Everybody talks about them. To me, Sean, and let's, if, if I'm going to say anything like crazy from the practice, I'm not going to have many like hot takes, but like I think B.J. Boston, if he's lives up to what I think he can, I think he's going to push for the number one overall pick. Is that crazy? No, it, it's not. It's I mean, not. I think all. he's going top five as long as, you know, I think he's for sure. So the guy who can score like that, you think about him three years from now, four years from now in the NBA, like how good he could be. He's someone whose potential is through the roof. His offensive skill set is is very advanced. He's someone who I think uh, – I just think he's he's their best commit, I think, in a, in a few years. And they've had, they've had plenty of good ones uh, for sure. But I think he's a guy who uh, – I really wish this team was going to be able to have a full season because I think by by game 30 or so, BJ could be one of the best players in the country. So he was a big takeaway. I guess the other just main thing when you – I mean, they're just incredibly long. Yeah. Just the, the athletes they have and the, the size and the length, it's just – I'm sure Cal's loving what he's seeing on defense because this is going to be – this just should be a tough team to score against. It should be. And they should rebound really well. And those are two things that I don't know Cal really focuses on. Um, and if they can get enough offense, they're they're going to be they're going to be really good. This team is going to be lethal in transition and in the open floor. I, I just think that they the guys that they have that they can throw the ball to the rim, throw the ball to the top of the square, and go get it. Well, you heard Cal last night yeah. in some of those drills. I mean, it's just the attention to detail. And honestly, it was him, it was Cal that stood out the most to me. I think that's why this is such a good event, too, is you get to see that he doesn't just roll the balls out, like you said. There's a lot of things uh, to take out of this pro day. And I, I just think that you, you don't want to put too much stock into it, into, into performances, but you get to see enough in the four-on-four and the five-on-five to kind of get a feel of exactly what they're doing. Um, Olivier Saar stood out to me. I think his face-up game is much better than I thought it was. I haven't watched a ton of tape on him, but I think he's a guy, Derek, that could you know could dominate inside in the SEC. He has a great feel, uh, especially into some of those uh, those ball screens, those pick and pop actions in the middle third of the floor. I, th- I think he's going to be a very good shooter from 15 feet and in. Isaiah Jackson, we got to look at him. Uh, I think that he's the type of kid that I, I really think that he may be a first-round pick. Just looking at his body, the way he moves, and you know you're going to get to see more from him when we get into these early season games. But I think he could be a first-round pick this year. I feel like he's Cal's favorite player. <laughs> when he was on the broadcast, he's uh, – when I think – I don't know if Isaiah had a touch or what he was doing, but he goes, gonna so good. that kid's going to be so good. And then the <laughs> other day – uh, someone asked Isaiah on his uh, in his interview what he does that sets Cal off, and he's like, "Ah, Cal really doesn't get mad at me." <laughs> so I just think the things that he does, Cal Cal likes him a lot, and uh, you know he's a guy that certainly was talked about on this podcast. Probably came out of nowhere more than anybody else. As much as a top thirty recruit can kind of come out of nowhere, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd phrase it that way, but. Um, I know personally, I just don't know much about him. My expectation was not that he would be uh, – I thought maybe he'd be like a two-year guy, you know. And now the way it sounds, he's just going to be someone who's going to test incredibly well probably. And he'll probably show enough where he can leave this year. I don't know if he's going to be a you know finished product by any means after this year, but the potential I'm sure that he will show 
similar, another guy I'm talking three or four years down the road with these NBA teams, he will probably be a an NBA starter, I would say, by then. And the way he blocks shots and things like that, uh, just very versatile, very athletic. I'm sure the way he can guard is going to be uh, his greatest attribute. I just look at, you know, a situation from about four years ago with Bam Adebayo where he showed a little bit, but then you look at him now in the NBA and he's this complete package with everything that he can do. I think – I'm not saying Jackson's Bam Adebayo, but I'm saying that you could see it to me a similar thing happen – to where he's really good, does two or three things in college that are just elite, that gets him drafted, and then he just fine-tunes everything in the NBA. I, I think he's a future NBA player for a long time. Just look at his body, his athleticism, the things that he does. Derek, I'm interested too. I, I want to get your thoughts on Jacob Toppin. We've kind of been got, we've kind of been under the impression that he's more of a project, like a long-term thing. I saw a lot of good things from him last night, though, that could that tell me that he could be. He could be very good next year, but maybe could sneak some minutes and stuff this year. Yeah, there's no one like him really on the team. Just his, he just, I don't really remember too many guys, honestly, period, <clears throat> under Cal who have uh, been as athletic as he is. And I don't know, I don't, yeah, I don't know how much he's going to help this year, but he is probably better than I would have given him, I guess. I just think it's going to be tough to, to really carve out a huge role just given how many wings they have. But what he's getting this year and any kind of reps he get, gets and any kind of experience he gains is only going to help towards next season when he should be a really, really big part of this program. But he's the kind of guy, though, if they're up big in a game, maybe not, maybe not even that. I don't want to say he's only going to play in blowouts. So I think he's definitely going to get a chance for some real minutes. But – I think there will be an excitement when he's on the floor because of what might happen if he gets the ball in the open well, quarter, things like that, when he's uh, going out there to dunk. Just a great athletic guy. And if he can defend, then there's probably – I mean, there probably will be a role for him on this team, even if he doesn't really do anything offensively. If he can defend and rebound. Um, I don't know. On TV, he looked pretty tall to me. I don't know what he's listed at, but he – you know, skinny, but a, a tall guy who – you know, I, I do think he will play. I think I've talked myself into it as we go through this answer. I think he'll definitely get a chance to play. I just don't. I I do feel like his best basketball though will be down the road at UK. I do think his best basketball, like you said, will will be in future years. But I do think that he finds an opportunity this season, and then you just never know with injuries and everything else exactly what you know his role could be at some point. Uh, just a lot to like though, from that pro day and just getting to see guys run up and down the floor. The only thing that I wish that they would eventually do with this pro day, it, I get that you need the commentary, and I love listening to Tom Hart and Jimmy Ducks, but at some point I just wish that we could listen to Cal and that we could just get a camera that's just a wide-angle shot that shows you everything that's going on at once. Because there were, like for the first 30 minutes, I'm like, what is going on? Who's doing what here? All we're hearing is... You know, they're on this end of the floor working with the bigs. They're working with the guards, but we're not seeing that. We're zooming in on Cal. We're zooming in on Jay Lucas. I, I wish that they yeah. would change that a little bit with the way they present it. So off topic, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this. What's with Tom Hart and Jimmy Docks being there for the basketball stuff, but they've not covered any uh, They've not covered any football games, right? Tom's not been in person for any football game, right? But he's here for the basketball thing? Yeah, I was actually thinking that last night, too. Like, what's the difference? Uh, you're actually indoors with that. Yeah. Event, and I don't know. Like, it, it makes no sense. But I don't know. Like, I uh, agree with you, though. Yeah. 
Well, I, I think UK, I mean, I wish UK would have taken the chance this year when things were so limited and when people hadn't seen them yet for Big, Big Blue Manus to, to stream 30 minutes or so of, of a practice just so people could watch them play. I think it would have been a huge thing for them. It would have gotten interest up even more. Um, I, liked, uh, I liked where at the end when they went Vegas – you know, which is something that we've got to see. we've they've ran in the past. I mean, everybody that plays Cal knows Vegas and stuff. And then you know they did the dump down yeah. or the Sar cramp. He's like, okay, that's it. Uh, but I, I I wish that they would present it a little better in the future. I wish that they would alter it and you know make some changes with the way that they do present it on TV and things. But I do think that we got to see quite a bit, and we'll see a little bit more at Big Blue Madness. Not much. What your first thing that you're going to see will be that Morehead State game. In less than two weeks. Hopefully. You know, it seems like it's having a tough time right now. Some college basketball programs are getting off the ground. I see some of these multi-team events already having teams swapped out and canceled. Yeah. So, One more question for you before yeah. we wrap this up. And this is something that Jay Lucas said last night. It makes me think of a guy like um, Cameron Fletcher, who I think could be a significant piece at Kentucky long term. I saw a lot out of him that I liked, Derek. He's kind of an undersized, you know, big there. They're playing him at that forward spot, but he's athletic. I uh, thought he shot the ball well in some drills from time. I thought he moved well. He's very athletic. But Jay Lucas brought up that recruiting's changed because now you not only have to recruit your future guys, but you have to recruit your current guys because with the transfer rule, if somebody's unhappy and the wrong person gets in someone's ear, you could lose a guy that you're thinking could be a three-year player after a sophomore year. So I ask you this, what did you think about that? Because I hadn't even really thought of that, but you're going to have to spend time with the 12 or 13 guys on your roster making sure that they're good, that you don't lose them to another program with this new transfer stuff coming into place. For sure. Uh, Sometimes the most important recruits are the guys that are already on your roster. And uh, the guys that they've lost in the past, I don't – I don't know if they've really had anybody leave that you just knew 100% was going to be an absolute key piece to the next year's team. It's too early. You, you did say Fletcher, right? That's who you were yeah, I, I was just bringing him up because I think yeah. that he has a bright future there if he stays. Yes, yeah, he's him as an example. Like I don't know if he'll do enough this year to show where you know for sure he's going to be a key piece to next year's team. But like, you know, I think all of us would have liked to have seen Johnny Juzang in year two. At UK, I think we all would have liked to have seen maybe what Jamal Baker could have done uh, in his third year with the you know things like that where they do some good things. But the opportunity to go somewhere else and play right away, like I can understand after a tough year because it is not easy playing at UK. I can understand being beat down a little bit and maybe not playing as much as you would have liked. And when you know you've probably got these other people reaching out to you saying, "When you come here, you'll play 35 minutes." I can understand why that's a hard thing, and you know, that's a, that is a great point by Jay. To uh, to help these kids long term, see what playing here could benefit them. Um, actually, I guess the one transfer Sean who really excelled elsewhere was Charles Matthews. He's about the only guy I can think of that was like. I mean, I think he could have done that at UK though had he stuck around and developed. I don't see any reason why he couldn't have. But uh, no, that's a good point by Jay, and it'll be even more important now knowing. I mean, a lot of these kids have gotten approved. I mean, Quade got approved right away. Uh, Johnny's already been approved. Jamal Baker's got approved right away. So some of these kids already had been, but now that you know if this rule is going to be passing, that there's not even a question about it. Yeah, I do think it's going to be tougher. But on the other hand, I think it's going to work in UK's favor too when they can go out there and get some kids as well who uh, maybe wouldn't have in other years. 
Yeah, uh, I agree with you. But overall, a very good event. It's always good that they they put that on uh, with all those NBA scouts watching this year via via Zoom. But they were able to see some things that they like. Uh, always too. I'm interested. What were the, what was different about them watching via Zoom than just watching it on TV? I guess maybe they got a different angle the entire time that was set up or something. Yeah, I believe so. And didn't they? Um, I believe they just wanted to put it up on the big board memorial just to try to make some kind of like pressure. Right? I believe that's yeah. what Cal said. Just, yeah. I don't know how much that really did. Just but seeing all those faces up on the screen, I mean, I guess it did add something to it. <laughs> for, for sure, I, I agree with you. And uh, I think Leon Rose's name was up there at one point. I think I saw oh, okay. him. Yeah, I think oh, he Pat was, Riley up there. Yeah, he Cal's was, haircut now looks just like Pat Riley. It, it does. And Cal did well with his mask, too. I don't think it came off much or it came down much. He uh, honestly. He, did, he was by himself pretty much. If you're looking at SEC by. coaches and things, now how's that going to be in games when he gets really ticked off? As you know, is he going to pull that thing down and scream at somebody? Uh, but no, just a great event. I thought we got a lot out of it. And uh, look forward to seeing what we, you know, what we get at Big Blue Madness, and then here when the season starts, fingers crossed that everything's worked out with college basketball, no cancellations early, and they can play some basketball and kind of get into the meat of that schedule. But this has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. It's brought to you by the Butcher's Pub, with two locations: one in Pineville, Kentucky; one in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Get out to the Butcher's Pub this weekend, watch some SEC football. Uh, you can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll see you after the game versus Vandy. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.